As we begin, I have a request. I would like to ask you to use your imagination. We've been learning there are 580 slums in the Metro Manila area in the Philippines, where approximately 10 million people live. They live on a dollar or less per day. But there is also a vast spiritual poverty. So many have yet to hear about Jesus, and so few churches exist in these slum areas. Now imagine you're a church planner, supported by 360 Serve. How will you go into these slum areas to plant a church? What steps will you follow? What risks and challenges will you face? Will the people living in these slum areas be receptive toward you? That's what we're going to explore today as we continue our conversation with Pastor Leo, our church planning movement leader from the Philippines. Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions. We help you support indigenous church planning pastors at $50 per month, sending them into full-time gospel ministry. Indigenous church planning pastors, they live in their country, they know their language and culture, and they're very effective in reaching their own people for Christ. Today, we are witnessing a powerful turning to Christ. All over the world, and indigenous church planning pastors, they're leading the charge. We do these episodes to share with you the stories about the amazing impact you are having as a result of hundreds of you who are supporting hundreds of indigenous church planning pastors in many of the least reached areas of our world. So thank you for your prayers. Thanks for your support. I hope you've been enjoying getting to know Pastor Leo, our church planning movement leader from the Philippines. How do Filipino church planners plant churches in the slums of Metro Manila? Let's jump into that right now. What a blessing it is uh, to be back again with Pastor Leo from the Philippines, our movement leader. Pastor Leo, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, Pastor Mark. Glad to be with you again. Wonderful. Well, this uh, we're going to start getting into really what our partnership is all about, and it's church planning today. And um, I'm excited for you to just explain how uh, we go about planting churches in our partnership in the slum areas that we've been hearing about, uh, these 580 slum areas, some 10 million people. One of the things that just really broke my heart when I traveled with you, uh, Pastor Leo, is just the 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 sheer need and people is just, it's massive. And yet you're one of the few ministries that is even like going into these areas. Uh, they're avoided, you know, and um, that's one of the, that's like one of the main reasons we support you. We support these church planters is because you're willing to go. And it, it's such a beautiful thing. But as we begin talking about this, can you talk a little bit about that? Why is it that so few are willing to go into these areas and do ministry in Jesus's name. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Pastor Mark. Uh, you know, as you asked the question, uh, you're you're touching my heart right here, uh, <laughs> Pastor Mark. Uh, when you say or ask, why are there so few? Uh, let me say first that the work of uh, reaching out to where God is is at among the poor is really just so vast. And uh, in the Philippines and more likely in so many, many, many more places. Uh, 
but why are there so few? One of the things that really touches my heart with this question you give, Pastor Mark, is uh, over the last maybe 20 years, uh, we've been going around and sharing about what God is doing. And uh, we talk about the need, the, the, the calling, the, what God is actually doing already in many, many places of the, the, the poor communities. And the pain that we have is when we share this to uh, many places where we know workers can be coming and workers are built to, 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 to move into these mission places. Uh, I'm talking about the poor. And uh, this comes as a sad part of what I feel right now is, and what I feel whenever I talk about this, is that experience of we see people coming out and being trained and being prepared for ministry. But when we say, come and join us, uh, for some reason, uh, we see them, yes, but then no. A sense of there's so much need and a lot of our people who graduate from seminaries uh, still, and I know they, they do love the Lord, and yet they're going there. Uh, to a place where maybe uh, it's different. So what I'm trying to say here is we, do, we don't see a lot of people coming to join in the work of reaching out and plant a church in the slums. Uh, what we see is uh, people going to maybe plant a church or build a church in a middle-class community. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. But uh, a sense where but when we open our eyes, so so much uh, of, of poverty going on around us, and we need to reach out to them as well. Uh, mm. So this sense of deficiency that we, we feel, and that's where my heart aches, really. Like a, a vast uh, uh, harvest waiting, a, a vast place where God is already working. And mm. we don't see... Uh, at least for the last many years, not not much on that part where we see uh, uh, places where we know workers are being built and prepared. Yeah, come and join. And and you know, like other organizations and other churches, you know, that are in the Philippines, just like pouring in resources to reach this area, it's just so slim, you know, yeah, and yes. and so little. And that's why I'm just so grateful that God brought us together. And that we've been partnering, and we're going to talk it. We we're support a lot of church planners, you know, with you, uh, you know, and that are reaching this area. But it's like, oh man, ten million people yes. that you know, and and millions have have never heard of Jesus in these areas. You know, I mean, yes. they're living in areas. There's no church at all. You know, and wow. um, Pastor wow. Mark, I just want to say this: a big thank you to you. Uh, 360 serve just uh, you you lift our hearts in in going with Jesus where he is and right reaching out to the slums and mm. I just want to say that right now well Thank that's you. the heart of Jesus you know in us and uh, and he, it's his mission and these are people he loved and he died for right and I know you get it Leo and so um, it's 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 a joy it really is it's humbling that, that we could partner with 
I, I look, I, I have in my mind's eye still all the church planters that in the Philippines that, that, and you're one of them that I just love. And we're going to talk about all oh, of them yes. a little bit later. Yes. Yes. But let's, let's get back to just talk to me about holistic church planning in these slum areas and what that means. Uh, and we're, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, well, if, if we were to look at how we do this, uh, the way we call this is uh, in, in the work that we do, this, ch- this church planning movement. We call it a rapid church planning strategy. It's not a formula, it's a, but it's a form of, it's a template of how we do it. And the way we do this is, uh, I would put it in maybe five stages of, of work. Uh, we begin with locating the slums, you know, looking for where the slums are. Uh, and over, uh, you know, trying to find the, the, the poorest places in Manila trying to find the poorest places that are sprouting here and there. Sometimes it's very difficult to find them because Manila is just so crowded. Uh, You might actually find big buildings on one area and just right behind them is a huge community. Uh, You you couldn't see. So you got to locate. So first one is location. And one distinctive we have in doing church planning work among the slums is partnering with churches. One of the things we know is, as a distinctive of church planning movement, we cannot do this on our own. And so there's one is locating, finding these uh, places, and this is still stage one. But the other part of stage one is also finding the church who will say, I have a heart to reach the poor. I have a, char- a heart to want to reach them, but I don't know how to do this. And so we look for this and we have found Plenty of churches actually saying, you know, we, we have wanted to do this, but we don't know how to do this. And those are just openings God has been doing. So that's, that's stage one. The second stage is when the, the partnership, the, the location has been, uh, has been decided, has been uh, determined. Uh, we, we go f- to a, what we call a, well, this is a door-to-door evangelism, uh, house-to-house. We do what we call community survey. We House-to-house is when we literally, this is a literal going uh, door-to-door in every place of the community. And this takes uh, weeks to do, Pastor Mark. But this is where the beginning of the gospel is. And... Um, we talked about a few names uh, in our previous uh, podcast, and uh, this is where we knock on their door, and that's the the beginning of like meeting, and God is right there in between us, and uh, that's the stage two, uh, knowing them, presenting the gospel, and asking them questions about uh, would they want to receive Jesus into their life. Would they want to be part of a, a group we, 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 where we'll be gathering? When they say yes to this, affirmative to these questions, uh, we go to the next part. Uh, we have this locator. We have already the location. We have the partner. We have surveyed the area. We gather as a team, as a church planning team, to do our planning. Now, sometimes we switch this. We either do this planning, strategic planning, before we do the 
actual uh, door to door, but sometimes we, we switch that. But uh, more often than not, we do it after. And that's when we plan, where do we go with this? How do we strategize this? A lot of this strategic planning part, which is uh, stage three, is where we do plans for our community organizing. We do our plans for uh, what we do. We what do we do with the community? How how do we, uh, uh, you know, we we try to plan how we will organize our Bible studies. Uh, we also work with the different ages, the youth, uh, the children, uh, and then a lot of times the in our strategic plan we also begin to look at ways where. In our community organizing part, we do a lot of medical uh, mission. We do a lot of our feeding. And a big part of where we've been developing over years is the alternative learning system, where in the slums, out-of-school youth is a very common thing. You know, people who, education, they try to make it through from their, from their, from the young child to growing up, but they stop in the middle. So we need to bring in education where, I mean, help in, in that part. And, and that begins to be part of our community organizing. So the reason it becomes holistic is we're looking at a holistic view of meeting not just their spiritual needs, but their, uh, you know, their uh, need in terms of their own development mm-hmm. as human beings, but also as a community. We also work out some livelihood programs. Uh, that's a very, very challenging thing because every community is very different. Uh, so that changes over for every every community we have. The, the fourth stage would be the implementation, of course. So we we make sure we have a chart where we're, <laughs> you know, we're trying to monitor our, our teams and make sure we're we're actually moving toward the two-year program that we have and uh, moving the, the, the Bible studies are working, the, the worship uh, groupings are we having, and the community organizing that we have. Uh, we're building people up, discipling them. And when this is happening over time, uh, uh, after two years, uh, actually after a year, we feel like the, the church are already established. Uh, because we, we, even in the first year, we already build a structure in the community. Uh, that's where we try to build a structure because slums are without structure. I mean, they have, they have homes, but you cannot gather in the home because their homes are very, very small. So we build a structure inside the community, and that's where we gather our people. That's where we do our feeding as well. That's where we do our relief work if there's need for relief. And uh, that's still part of the implementation. When this is going on, uh, after two years, then the last stage is what we call a turnover. The turnover is very significant because that's when we say church, the church partner, who has been, by the way, the church partner is with us from stage two all the way down to the turnover. So they, they, we, we, we have done the work together. We have, they've seen us do it. Uh, it's almost like the, we demonstrate how it's done and they do it together with us. They do everything with us. And on after two years, we say the church has been planted. 
mm-hmm. and we say, church partner, you've been a great partner and you stay here. I need to go to the next community and you stay here. You build your, uh, this is going to be a church. Out of the past 20 years, Pastor Mark, uh, we've planted over 80 churches and this has been going like the churches we planted are right there in the community mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're there. <laughs> and, and so that's the last stage. We turn it over and then we move to the next uh, slum. Yep. So no, I, I, yeah. I viewed it, Leo, it's, it's beautiful. You know, just at the different yeah. stages uh, had that opportunity just to see that that's super helpful for our people to understand every um, country where we uh, support church planning uh, movements, they all are similar but different, you know, just because of the environment. And this is so helpful for our people to be hearing about how you're going about it in uh, these slum areas. Let's, um, you know, talk talk to us now, and thank you for that. That was super helpful. Really, really great. Yeah. What Talk about... Um, Literally some church planners here. And maybe in yeah. the midst of all of this dynamic that's going on, these stages, what are some of the challenges that these church planners face in, in in the whole process of this? Because this will help us pray for them and I think give us right. a better understanding of uh, just, uh, you know, what it takes to plan a church. Yeah. Uh, well, we have several church planners and one of the, the church planners I will bring up now, his name is Pastor Jeff. Uh, he comes to mind and just a wonderful man, uh, loves the Lord. He's been planning, I think, 11 churches now uh, in the slums. The, the, the greatest challenge that uh, they face, uh, one of them, Pastor Jeff, uh, Really, we, we met him when he was young. You know, uh, he, he, he was finding the Lord. He, was, he comes from a, a very broken family and uh, met the Lord and eventually came to us. He, his heart was, God was preparing him, but he was a poor man. And now that he is a pastor, we call him pastor because he's planning a church. He's been leading Church. He's been planning 11 churches now. Uh, one of the challenges, really, he, he was like in his mid-20s and now he's in like uh, early 40s. So the big challenge is just development. One of the things that I'm, my heart is uh, leader development is a big challenge that our pastors are, 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 are facing. And not just Pastor Jeff, but many of our pastors. Uh, but what I mean by leadership development is, you know, they, they and their families are growing through, they've been involved with this church planting movement and, uh, he didn't have a wife yet at the beginning. Now he has a wife, he has a, as a kid, his kid is growing up. So, uh, there's a family need challenge to sustain him, but also the challenge of how does he pass on his this leadership to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a challenge for him as well. Like uh, the work is so big and we're looking at, uh, we need, he himself feels that. I feel like he needs to develop further. A lot of this, 
uh, well, I shared her, we, your first question today, uh, Pastor Mark, was really big and hits my heart. Uh, this is a place where we say, uh, Pastor Jeff and other pastor uh, church planters we have have this need of, of the challenge of growing their leadership capacity, leadership, uh, you know, way of leading and things like that. So it's a big thing. It's a, yeah. a big thing for our ministers to keep developing, uh, yeah. you know, their sense of leadership, their sense of going out. Uh, they're so experienced that they say, I need to pass this on. And, mm. and so that's one. So that's for Pastor Jeff. Yeah. And I know you pour into, you're an amazing developer of your uh, church planners that you guys meet on a regular basis and you're praying and you're pouring into each other. And uh, so I know that is a big part of it. But regardless, uh, we need to be praying for this ongoing development, yes. like you're saying, yes. in all of those uh, church planners and yes. that they stay encouraged in the midst of, you know, the challenges right. they're facing in in this kind of environment um, I know that most of them, you know, they're just even sickness, right? I mean, that is a big thing. Oh, yes. what is, big thing. So, big what, thing. What, you know, describe that a little bit, Leo. Yeah. Uh, going back to Pastor Jeff, I, I missed that part of saying he, he, that's part of his need. But on the, on the ground, uh, one of the things that really breaks my heart is when uh, we chart church planners go in, and these squalid places. And I do remember the time when Pastor Jeff just went into this community. He was, he was there for over a year. And when you go to the poor area, uh, it's a health risk. And uh, Pastor Jeff contracted uh, tuberculosis. Uh, that's not a curable disease for a week. Once you get it, uh, it hits your lungs. And, he had to take this uh, sickness with him for uh, for a while. So we had to help him. And this happened in one area, but it doesn't happen just there. It happens actually in all our, our areas. Slum, the slum area is a community of, vul uh, I mean, the most vulnerable people to, to sickness. Uh, they don't have health centers, by the way, in the slums. I forgot to mention that, but. In the slums, there have no. Uh, one of the things that are missing is a health center, and that's why we do our medical mission a lot of mm. times because wow. uh, that's not existing. And and so our our workers, Pastor uh, Jeff, uh, Jojo, and all those people, uh, they've been sick once, uh, twice, thrice. Uh, not to mention sickness that are not not from the slums, but. You know, you get sick naturally, but uh, going into the slums kind of doubles it up. Uh, mm. You're in crowded people. So the reason, by the way, this happens is because you're always in cramped places. When you go in the house, uh, well, cardboard house, it's really, you're, it's steaming inside. Uh, everything is there. Uh, it, it's not a clean place. And so, again, the exposure to the elements is right there in front of you. Wow. So, uh, wow. that's why a big part of this is also health. And yeah. uh, that's what, what our, uh, our ch uh, church planters face. Yeah. Well, I was so moved when I was with them all, and they were kind of sharing with me about 
what you're sharing right now, the health risks. And then just them saying, you know, pastor, we're willing to get sick. And uh, if it means that others will find eternal life. And right when yeah, I heard you, them you, say you, that, you, I was like, right then, we are going to support you guys. <laughs> we're going to support every <laughs> church planner. I mean, we're kind of uh, jumping ahead, but you know my heart. I want to support every single because God wants to support every single church planner yeah. in your movement. They are going in at risk to their lives. They're like, they're amazing people. And they all have a smile I, on their face. Uh, they're, oh. they're just laughing and they're full of joy. And yes. I, I just, I love them, you know. Well, well, as you say that, Pastor Mark, uh, my heart is filled with joy. Part of it is because uh, with these challenges, health challenge, uh uh, development challenge, uh, support challenge, uh, education challenge. Uh, they remain in the work. That mm-hmm. really, really, really pulls up my heart in ways beyond I could. I, I mm-hmm. just want to praise the Lord. As you, as you have seen their, in their faces. One of the things I thought was, Pastor Jeff, if you got sick in one place, you, he would have quit. But no, he, he's going back. Yeah. And... Many, many more of our church plans. You know, we're going to do a a whole segment on this later, but it's so important for our listeners to remember that many of these church planners are women. And I want you to just talk about, I think, is it Edder Lynn? And just, uh, you know, she's a gal. We haven't talked about the gals yet and some of the challenges they face. And maybe you could talk about her life a little. Right. Uh, Edder Lynn is uh, uh, one of our church planners, a very diligent and faithful a person uh, loves the Lord, and uh, there's so much that they give to our hearts as as co co workers, co church planners. When we see them work, uh, Ederlin is been pl- church planning for I don't know how many she's been. Uh, maybe I w- I'm guessing this. It's not very accurate, but about six or seven churches she has been planning. And, but she comes from a family that is already poor. And by the way, most of our workers uh, in a church planning movement, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, 85% of them are actually poor. They come from mm-hmm. very poor families. And Ederlin is one of them. Uh, she, she loves Jesus and she loves to... Uh, serve him. And one of the biggest challenges, however, is, uh, well, we did mention about the health. Uh, she's been sick. And in fact, the, as we talk right now, she's sick again. Mm. Uh, and yet she continues to serve our, our one area near, near where she's living, a huge community of uh, Islam. And yet here she is uh, with the challenge of also helping her family. Now, this big challenge I share is uh, shared among many of our church planter workers, pastors as well. Uh, Philippines is made up of, well, family is big. And what I mean by this is this implication of, uh, when we say family is also, there's a one word that comes out of that is dream. Every parent dreams for their son, for their daughter to be, you know, to be lifting up lifting us out, how do you say it? Lifting us out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And so Ederlin is a picture of that. She is looked at by her 
by her mom, uh, by her siblings to say, help us out. Wow. And that's a big challenge for people like Adeline. And yet she rema- remains. She's wow. uh, trying to work out her way to finish. Uh, uh, many of our workers have entered into college years, uh, but did not actually finish. They, they say, we will serve the Lord. Wow. And so she's doing that side by side. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing for me. Like wow. I will again that the two-handed thing. Like on one yeah. hand I have a burden, and yet I have an open hand. Yeah. God will give me this. Yeah. So that's Ederlin. Uh, wow. She faces that challenge uh, uh, of uh, you know uplifting uh, yeah. or being uh, again uh, her family. Is yeah, a, it's a big part. Well, this has uh, been so helpful. Pastor Leo, it really is. Uh, Just understanding these steps that these church planners are constantly engaged in and uh, the environment in which they're serving, I think this is painting for people a great picture for them to be able to begin to wrap their mind around. You know, many of you listening right now, you support one of these church planners serving in these areas, and this is helping you understand a little bit more about what they're engaged in constantly. So you've given us a lot to pray for. Is there any way to just summarize how we could, you know, best pray for this church, the church planting part of it, this strategy as you're joining God and all this? How could how could we pray for that, uh, Pastor Leo? Oh, uh, thank you, Pastor Mark. This is great. I I want to share this that uh, pray for, uh, you know, the, the, the church planting movement, uh, and particularly. Uh, the ones you are supporting, they are now families, many of them. Uh, you know, we, we, they started to serve the Lord when they were single, but now they have a family. And so one big prayer for them is pray for their family. Uh, mm. When the children grow, uh, one of the things that begin to be like a, a part of their plate is the education of their children. Mm. Like they're poor, they're, they're serving the Lord in the, in the slums. Uh, they're supported, but uh, there are also children saying, pray for us, uh, pray for their children, pray for uh, many of our church planners. They have uh, one or two children and uh, one weight in their heart is not weight, but a, a something that they hold is their family. And so pray for their support, pray for the education of their children and uh, also the health uh, of mm. their families. So wow. that's a big one. That we yep. carry, I carry as a, as a church co-planner with them, uh, yeah. and and that's something that I like to pray for. That's great. Uh, uh, that's super helpful. Well, thank you, Pastor Leo. It's it's been good. It's been so good. Sure appreciate you. Love you, and and the Lord bless you uh, this day. Thank you. Well, thank you so much again, Pastor Mark. Thank you, Pastor Leo, for sharing with us about these amazing church planning pastors we are supporting in the Philippines and how they go about planting churches in these least reached areas in the slums of Metro Manila, often like church planters to first responders who are willing to go where few people are willing to go. Church planters are called of God, just like the Apostle Paul, to take God's love and the gospel to areas where God's love and the gospel have yet not reached. 
I pray the Lord has touched your heart with the dedication, resolve, and commitment of the church planners we support. I hope understanding these five steps the Filipino church planners follow has given you a better awareness of what they do to plant churches in these least reached areas in the slums of Metro Manila. Here's your action step of the day. Support a church planning pastor for $50 per month. $50 per month sends an indigenous church planning pastor into full-time gospel ministry. It meets all their critical needs and literally sends them, catapults them into ministry. We will mail to you the profile of the church planner you'll be supporting. This will help you pray for that church planner that you're supporting. How exciting that God will be using you to send a church planning pastor into full-time gospel ministry, reaching their country for Christ. You are partnering together with them in the awesome work of the gospel and fulfillment of the Great Commission. 100% of your $50 monthly gift will go to the church planning pastor you support. How is that possible? Vision-driven Christians believe in 360 serves so strongly, they support all our administrative costs. So everything you give goes. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Be with us next time as I ask Pastor Leo from the Philippines to share with us inspiring stories of the church planners you support. You will hear about a church planner who grew up in the slums, was saved in the slums, against all odds, and how God is now using him to plant so many churches in the areas where he once grew up in those slums. You also hear about how a mountain of trash buried over a hundred people in one of the slums, but how God used this tragic moment to bring about a miracle of salvation that has led to so many people finding eternal life. Thanks for joining us. I can't wait for our next episode. Until then, may the Lord bless you.